Hello and welcome to the Unreported World podcast for spring 2014. I'm Krishnan Giri Murthy. This season, we travel across the globe as we find out what life is like for people in some of the fastest changing areas of the world, including Indonesia, Jamaica, Iraq, Thailand and Senegal. The world's dirtiest river, presented by Shea Rhodes, exposes the startling truth about the Chitaram River in Indonesia, home to the planet's most polluted river and a textile industry supplying some of the world's biggest fashion brands. It also supplies water to 35 million people. It's 6am and I'm on the Chitaram River with Herman and his son Alec. You can barely see the river. It's just covered in plastic. There's all kinds of rubbish here from shoes, nappies. It's all household rubbish. This is stuff that people have thrown in and then every now and then you come across something like that. A dead fish just floating. Oh. What? What is it? A goat. When was the last time you actually caught some decent fish in this river? A long time ago. I don't catch fish anymore. Nowadays, Herman and his 13-year-old son are after a different kind of catch. They're scavenging for rubbish. What kind of plastic are you looking for? Any plastic we can recycle. Look at these fish. They're floating on the surface. This is said to be the world's most polluted river. 40 years ago, when Herman started fishing, it was easy to get a good catch. Since then, 60% of the fish species have been wiped out. Would you rather catch fish or rubbish? If there were plenty of fish, then of course I'd prefer to catch fish. They're worth more than trash. Do you think the people who throw all this rubbish in here know what's actually going on further downriver? I'm sure everyone knows the result of dumping rubbish like this. It's for their own convenience. There are rules, but nobody is enforcing them. Everything goes into this river. Ten million people live on the Chitaram. A study by the World Bank found almost all of these villages dump their rubbish by the river. Local people pile the rubbish here. That huge pile there comes from his village. Most of them are fishermen and they know what happens when the rubbish hits the river. Much of it is plastic and won't degrade for decades. On stretches of this 200-mile-long river, the rubbish starves the water of oxygen. Yes, I'll put it in the sack and sell it to a merchant. Herman can still make 15 pounds in a good week, selling the rubbish for recycling. 
Grandad. Chuchu, abah, kita bilang. Hello, my little ones. While Herman relies on the Chitterim River for his living, millions depend on it for washing and drinking. If this water's killing the fish, I want to investigate what effect it's having on the people. I head 30 miles upstream. Here, the river passes through Majalaya, a major industrial area. A booming textiles industry has seen the population explode by 300% in the last 30 years. This is one of the thousands of villages that's dotted along the Chitaram River. And I'm here to find a woman called Iwa, who's going to show me around. I've arrived on her birthday. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. This is Iwa. She's one of the most popular people in the village. And she's the go-to lady if you've got a problem. She gets your children enrolled in school. She gets you registered for healthcare. She can sort anything out. Mm -hmm. But there's one village problem she's struggling to fix. Mm. This is our only water source. It's contaminating all our drinking water. Water from the Chitterum River is channeled through this village, bringing a tide of pollution with it that's seeping into the drinking wells. The river still provides all the water for the village, but now it's contaminated. When I was a little girl, I swam in that brook, it was so clean. But now it's dangerous. Everywhere I look, people are using the river water. Nearby is an outlet from a textile factory. Are you worried about this water at all? Yeah. Kadang-kadang kalau nggak diperas begini itu kena kulitnya. Kalau nggak kalau dipakai begini. If I don't use a rag to filter the water, my clothes give me a rash. On Sundays, the water is a little bit better, less murky. Other days, it turns green, yellow, red and black. We try not to use it when it's like that. These water channels are also open sewers. This is the communal bathroom here in the village. They wash clothes, they wash dishes, they brush their teeth while all the time trying to expertly manoeuvre around bits of human excrement that are floating in the water. People here know this is dangerous, but they have no option. Iwa's biggest concern is for the village's youngest residents. Brother Aid, would you please come outside? Oh, darling, scared. Sanya is 18 months old. Recently, she hasn't been able to stop scratching her face. How long has she had this rash? Two months. Why do you think it's the water? The water is dirty. The river contaminates the groundwater, affecting every water source in the village. Let's go to the clinic tomorrow morning. Be ready at 10 a.m. and we'll all go together. While many blame the rashes on the raw sewage, others blame chemicals from the textile factories, which have sprung up along the river.
These are my children. Most of Iwa's family work in the textile factories, including her son, Dimas. Dimas works in the dyeing section of a textile factory. When you're working in the factory, do you wear gloves? Do you have protection? Yeah. Yeah, I wear gloves because we're dealing with poisonous chemicals. The factory usually dumps the waste water into the river at midnight. They'll check first to see whether the coast is clear before dumping the toxic waste. So how does that make you feel? You, you have protection when you're inside the factory, then you put the stuff in the river. It's ironic that I'm sometimes responsible for what's happening. I'm conflicted and concerned, but I need to eat, so I have to work there. More than half the adults in this region work in textile factories. Stitching, weaving and dyeing clothes for some of the world's biggest fashion brands. It's a $12 billion industry that helps make Indonesia the largest economy in Southeast Asia. The next morning, he was arranged for her brother to take me on a tour of the Chitterum. He wants to show me the various sources of pollution which he says are poisoning the, the river. Denny is the most vocal environmental campaigner in this area. Why is there so much rubbish all along the sides of the river? Yeah, kalau untuk jumlah penduduk each village has about 6,000 inhabitants and they can produce up to 10 tonnes of rubbish a day and there is no waste collection as such. This is where the factory starts along the Chitarum River. They use water from the Chitarum as well as discharging their waste chemicals into it. We've just come past what Denny tells me is the outlet from one of the textile factories here. This blue dye is coming from that small textile factory. Is there any regulation? There's wastewater legislation that was put into place in 2009 for all factories, but the government simply doesn't enforce it. The factories are legally bound to remove dangerous chemicals from the wastewater. Indonesia's Association of Textile Manufacturers says its 200 members on the Chitterum treat their wastewater, but accepts that hundreds more textile factories, which don't belong to their organisation, pour untreated waste into the river. Rubbish is piled up and industrial wastewater rushes in. This used to be an environmental paradise. Just come past another factory outlet and this stuff is dark blue. It smells really strong and there's steam coming off it. Denny tells me that's because it hasn't been processed, hasn't been treated at all, just been pumped straight into the river. This is a major pipe from the factories. This is untreated toxic chemical waste. If the government continues to neglect this, it will be disastrous for the ecosystem. 
I feel like I should be really pleased with these boys to have somewhere to swim, but everything that I've seen down the river, the domestic waste, the chemical runoff, the sewage, I'm really quite disturbed to see them jumping in like that. The scary thing is, it's this same water that irrigates these paddy fields, and everyone who lives around here eats rice that's grown in fields like this one. The wastewater that I've seen flowing into the river looks pretty bad. I want to discover how dangerous the pollution is to human health. I've enlisted the help of Dr. Sunadi a scientist from nearby Pajajaran University who spent his career researching the Chittaran River. They dump their rubbish there. You can see the toilets just over there. And there's this outlet from one of the factories. He starts by sampling the channel that carries river water through Igwa's village. Water is very acidic. He'll analyse the samples later, back in his lab. Next, Dr Sunadi tests the drinking well, which locals believe provides the cleanest water in the village. This well from the river is so close. So it's possible uh, the contaminant transfer to the well, to, to the ground. Dr Sunadi will test these samples for industrial heavy metals like mercury and lead, which can cause serious health problems. This is Adi. He has a baby daughter. <laughs> and uh, they wash her using this water. The water comes from the, the river. Which is where we're heading to take our final sample. It's going to take Dr. Sunadi and his team a few days to get the results of their tests. But in the meantime, there are quite a few people in this community who think that urgent action needs to be taken to stop the pollution going into the Chitaran River. Over the last 10 years, Iwa and Denny have tried to stop factories polluting the river by staging peaceful protests. With little success, they're changing okay. tactics. You are. I know Hello. you. <laughs> so what's happening? We're planning to take action. We want to block up an industrial wastewater pipe. Let's find a safe location, away from the residential area so we're not spotted. We need to target the factories that are pumping the most dangerous chemicals into this tributary of the Chitaram. When the activists have carried out protests in the past, they claim they've been threatened. In the beginning it was scary. The threats came not only by phone and text but also in person. The factories will pay people to try and intimidate us. Let's do this. I reckon most of the local community will support us. Denny and the group have decided to block up one of the wastewater outlet pipes, which is a very brave decision. The textile industry is king in this area, and they've all got families, so there's a lot to lose. 
Back in the village, baby Sanya still has her rash. Her family uses this pond for washing, cleaning, and they even boil it for drinking. This morning, he was taking Sanya and her dad to the doctors. Okay, let's have a look. You're a clever girl. Don't cry. Your daughter is suffering from impetigo crustosa. This is from the water that you're using. Everyone in our community uses this water. She needs to be kept clean. Don't bathe her in dirty water from the river. Do you think this is caused by chemical pollution or, or human pollution? Ini biasanya penularannya akibat dari ini apa dari binatang bisa dari manusia. It's contracted from human or animal waste, but it's the chemicals in the water that are damaging people's skin. So how many of these cases do you see every day? Kira-kira sekitar about three a day. Tiga kal tiga orang ada. More than 60% of children suffer from this skin disease. While antibiotics should do the trick for now, the doctor warns Sanya's rash will come back unless they start using clean water. In his lab, Dr. Sanadi has finished analyzing the samples from Iwa's village. Hello. Hello. So you've got results? Yes. All the water sources are contaminated with heavy metals. It's heartbreaking. Most alarming are the results from the village well. It has mercury at nearly four times the recommended safe level for drinking water. Heavy metals are not degradable. Boiling the water does nothing. And so why is mercury dangerous? People who regularly drink this water are at risk of getting cancer, mental retardation, very slow growth, especially in children like Sanya. She has to be saved from drinking water polluted with mercury. If you found this level of, of toxins in treated water, say in the tap water in Jakarta, what would the government do? If a water treatment company was supplying this kind of water, the government would shut it down. In this case, the government should shut down the polluting factories. The dangers of heavy metals are well documented, but no one is monitoring what they're doing to the people who live on the Chitaram. There are various contaminants that go into making the Chitaram River one of the most polluted in the world, but regardless of where the pollution comes from, ultimate responsibility lies here with Indonesia's Ministry of Environment. Uh, Parif, yeah. hi. Good to meet you. Shay Rhodes, Unreported yeah. World. Arif Uomo is the Deputy Minister for the Environment. I show him the results from Dr. Sunadi's tests. What is your department doing to try and keep these heavy metals out of the river? Dan kita berharap juga dalam waktu tertentu kita bisa turunkan dengan cepat 
We have a few strategies in place and we hope we can reduce these problems. Last year we made good headway. Our main priority is improving human health. We use environmental legislation that was put into place in 2009. If factories are breaching these laws, we will take enforcement action against them. It's not difficult to find these results. Look at this photo. Mm. Every day we went down to the river, every single day yeah, yeah. for one week. Mm-hmm. And every day mm. the river was this colour. Mm. Why is it taking your government so long? Why do you find it so hard uh, to do something about this? We understand the problems in the Chitaram River, but we cannot do it overnight. The Indonesian government claims it has shut down a factory for illegally dumping chemical waste into the Chitaram but it wouldn't disclose any details of the incident or name the company. Back in the village, I'm keen to find out if Sanya's antibiotics are working. Hi. Hello, Sanya. Wow. Look, it's all cleared up. It's really great to see that Sanya's rash is cleared up, but now that I know what's in this water, kind of wondering how long it's going to last. You're always smiling. It's almost like you like you're not too worried. Senyum sih bukan berarti happy. Kadang kita ingin menertawakan pemerintah setempat. Smiling doesn't mean I'm happy. It's because I want to laugh at the local government. There's a governor from West Java who said that we'd be able to drink directly from the Sitaram by 2015. I just laughed at that. What a joke. In reality, the government isn't doing anything. Iwa and her campaign group have lost faith in the government. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands. Look, up there, this is the one. The group have finally managed to identify the outlet pipe that they're going to block up. We need more to block it up. The flow is too strong to block completely but it will start backing up in the factory. By blocking this pipe, they hope to flood the factory, causing as much disruption as they can. The pressure's getting stronger. Of course, the blockage is working. There are dozens of factory outlets along this stretch. I can't help thinking this is more a symbolic gesture of defiance. We'll only stop when the factories stop contaminating the river. If there's no change, we'll permanently block them until they learn their lesson. By the next morning, the blockage has been removed. Denny never found out whether they managed to flood the factory. What's happening to the Chitterum River is a danger to the people who live on it. But there are similar stories in many countries as governments struggling to cope with massive population growth and the need to provide jobs turn a blind eye to unfolding environmental disasters.
The Unreported World podcast accompanies the critically acclaimed Channel 4 television series. Explore more by visiting channel4.com slash unreportedworld, where you'll find full programmes on 4OD that can be viewed from anywhere in the world, and Unreported World Shorts, which give you the facts and context for each report in just a couple of minutes. Finally, get involved in Unreported World by joining the debate on Twitter and Facebook.